Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hi, and welcome to another Bullet Points episode of the Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner. Thank you so much for joining me. I thought in this episode I would address some of the questions that I've had recently from you, my most excellent listeners, because I didn't ask me anything on Instagram this week, uh, over on Instagram, if you're not following me, I'm at Emma Guns. And it was quite interesting, actually, that a lot of people in response to the stories I did about binge eating disorder, actually then subsequently messaged me privately and said they wanted to ask additional questions. But because some of them are so similar, I thought I would address those here. And equally, uh, quite a few people messaged me about my breast reduction surgery, asking what it's how it is uh, so many months on. It's been what nearly two years now since mine. So I thought, well, rather than me keep getting back to people individually, I will put uh, all of that in one episode that I can direct them to. Now, I know that that might not necessarily mean that this episode relates to you, and I apologize if you have no interest in binge eating disorder or breast reduction surgery. But those are just things that are coming up time and time again. So it felt very appropriate to um, make sure that they were covered off in this episode. So in terms of binge eating disorder, the thing that I was asked on Instagram was about how I had dealt with it, how I had overcome it. That was one of the things. People saying, did you seriously just read a book and then that was that? And Obviously not, but it was a light bulb moment. And I find it very confusing when I try to articulate in a DM how I feel now versus how I felt before, because I spent most of my life feeling very confused around food, not knowing what I was doing with it, uh, using it for self-sabotage, eating inappropriately. And I think probably the biggest thing was I wanted desperately not to be overweight, desperately not to be overweight. And yet my actions were making me overweight. And that was always my issue, was this self-sabotaging. Well, if you want it so badly, why can't you put it into action? That was what I always found very difficult to reconcile with myself. And that's why it sort of, I guess it builds up into sort of self-hatred and not feeling that good about yourself. Because there's something you want and you start the day with every intention of getting there and then you, I don't know, you, um, yeah, you screw it up by mid-morning. It's, it can be as simple as that. So I genuinely, I genuinely can't put into like a, a simple equation or a simple nugget the big thing that shifted. I think I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired about being overweight and knowing that it was because I wasn't controlling myself around food. I just was tired of myself. And so I read that book, the book Brain Over Binge, which I've talked about many times. It's in my highlights 
on Instagram, it's linked in many episodes, I'll link it in this episode. But that was the book that just sort of allowed me to look at the issue from a slight distance and be objective about it. And somebody asked me if I had had any professional help with overcoming binge eating disorder, and I haven't. And actually, it's something that in hindsight, maybe would have been a good move. So um, I was talking to my friend Alex Light, you'll know her, you probably follow her maybe, or you've heard her on this podcast, or you heard me on her podcast. She actually contacted me recently when I talked about relapsing, realizing that my head was getting into that sort of very complicated space. And she said, have you, have you thought about counseling? Have you thought about speaking to someone who has expertise in this particular area? And I never had. I'm very much a figure it out on your own and just get going. But actually with something like this, which is really complex, it is a mental illness. Eating disorders are mental illnesses. It is. It makes good sense to actually speak to a professional. And I'd never really thought about that. And I'm still considering whether that might be something worth doing just to, just for the purpose of understanding it better, in all honesty. But that was one of the things that came up a lot in the Ask Me Anything, but also in the DMs afterwards, people saying, how, what, what was the moment? Is there a moment? And I don't think it is a moment. I think you come to a point where you want to make the change. And for some reason, for a long time, I wanted to make the change, but I wasn't able to. And then I reached a point where I was really wanted the change. And actually my actions supported that desire as well. Um, and that really, that's a very unhelpful nebulous kind of, it just sort of all came together, but that really was my experience with it. But that's why I think it could be quite helpful if it's something that you're struggling with, or if you know someone who's struggling with this, it could actually be quite helpful to just have a medical professional, a a mental health professional take you by the hand and maybe help guide you through this because it makes good sense. And I was chatting to a guest, it hasn't been published yet, but I was chatting to a guest on the podcast yesterday and we were talking about the fact that you can only work on what your issues are if you sit down, identify them, write them down, work out why they're hurting you. And if there's any action that you're able to take, obviously in some situations you can't, but if you are in a situation where you can make or take action, then that's a really good thing to be able to do. Anyway, so that was what came up about binge eating disorder and about relapsing and about getting into negative headspaces. I think the thing is, is that once you know that you've got to... I think once you have that light bulb moment, or certainly with me, it's not that those behaviors aren't ever present. It's that they are things that you identify much quicker because you see the pattern happening. And that was another thing the guest who's coming on the podcast in a few weeks said, it's a, we all have patterns. So you just have to identify your patterns. Does this, is this one good for me? Is this one bad for me? And I guess because I know what that pattern is now, I'm able to, um, stop it before it gets going. And that could just be because I thought, hang on, have I been in the kitchen like four or five times in the last hour? Might be a really small thing. But for me, I just think, oh, what does that mean? Why am I constantly like hovering around the fridge like an apex predator? It's those sorts of things, the sort of pre-behaviors that might let me know that I'm getting into a headspace or about to do something that might be slightly self-destructive or self-sabotaging. So that came up a lot. My references for anyone who is struggling with any kind of eating issue 
And I think for me, crucially, this uh, a, a couple of people have said about obviously don't shame people for being a particular size. And obviously that's not what I'm intending to do. I always come from the place of I was a particular size that I really did not want to be regardless of whether that was because of diet culture or any of those other external factors, which are very negative. I did not want to be the size and weight that I was. And yet I wasn't able to take the action that I needed to take in order to change that. So my, my advice to anybody is if you can maybe get some counseling for it, but there are some brilliant resources. Seed are amazing and also beat the, uh, the two charities here in the UK who are absolutely fantastic and have brilliant resources. Jess from beat has been on this podcast. And I know that was a really popular episode because she really helped kind of unpick a little bit about what can go in in our heads and our hearts about how we feel about ourselves and the actions that we take around food because it it can feel very you can feel quite trapped so again that came up a time and time again so those are my resources the book which isn't for everybody I totally know that but um, counseling and also those resources in the UK specifically but I will put the links in the show notes if you are listening to this and you're not in the UK and you are thinking, well, I I can't use those resources. They actually have some quite good online tools that might be good for guidance for where you are right now. Even though you won't be able to necessarily do anything in person with them, they they definitely have resources that I would recommend to anybody, regardless of where you are. Okay, and then the other thing that came up a lot in DMs, actually it was always DMs, um, whenever I do an Ask Me Anything, people often get in touch and they say, I didn't want to ask publicly, but I thought I'd ask privately. But I get a lot of questions about my breast reduction surgery. And so I wanted to try and answer a lot of those things in one place. And obviously, I've got time now between my last surgery, my last surgery, my surgery and now. So I'm able to sort of, with hindsight, maybe paint a clearer picture of what one's experience might be. So the questions that I get asked a lot, especially now, are are you happy with how your surgery turned out? And the answer is 100% absolutely categorically yes. I'm very happy with how my surgery turned out. The subsequent question I get about that is, but you've lost weight since, has the result changed? And the result has changed. My my breasts are smaller than they were when I originally had the surgery because of the weight loss, but not in a way where I think, oh, what do you do that for? You've ruined them. I'm still very pleased. I think I should probably stop there. <laughs> right. Another question I get a lot is, did you have drains? I think a lot of people are quite worried about having drains after surgery. And I didn't. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
So I can't tell you what that experience was like, uh, because as far as I'm aware, unless I was so off my head on morphine, I don't remember drains. I certainly don't remember having them in. I remember getting back to my room and very and saying, please, may I go to the loo and expecting somebody to help me. And they were like, yeah, sure, there it is. It's over there. And I didn't, I wasn't encumbered by any drains or anything like that. But I know quite a few people do have them, but it, I think it depends on uh, lots of things like a friend of mine just had uh, had them but she had uh, the way that her surgery was done there was an element of lipo so maybe that had something to do with it but I don't know um, so I didn't have drains but it does seem like a lot of people do but no one the, none of the people I know who had drains have said that it was an issue or problem or something they didn't enjoy about the experience so it's kind of a I don't know flip of a coin I guess um, a lot of people are saying that they have are really curious about the recovery and how long it takes to feel completely comfortable physically but also mentally and I think that's a really nice way of actually assessing it so I didn't really know what to expect everybody that I knew who had had it said to me oh it's actually a really simple recovery it's really easy so you'll be you'll be absolutely fine um and then I've spoken to people who were like, actually, it wasn't as fine as I thought it was going to be, but it was still not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. So it obviously it varies depending on who you are, what your pain threshold is. I'm sure there are lots of factors. For me personally, I mean, the evening I got home, so the day after the surgery, I went out to dinner with a friend and she was just sitting opposite me going, I can't believe that we're out. This seems really wrong. Please, can I take you home now? But I felt very, very good. But I don't know whether that was just, again, the morphine. But I felt great the next day. I felt fine the day after. It was about three or four days after the surgery. And I think things started to come back online, like like nerves so there was a little bit of never pain but maybe the odd twinge or maybe the odd like just sort of mm, that's new and different that's probably because of the surgery but a week later I went into London and I went to events but I took it very very slowly it was actually around four weeks that I really really slowed down because I just because a friend said to me if you're doing too much then you'll have really bad scars and I was like why I'm gonna put my feet up but I know a lot of people um, have uh, gone back to work much, much sooner than I did. So a friend of mine had it recently. She was back at work within a fortnight. Another friend of mine had it uh, about six months ago and she felt completely fine within three weeks. So I think you just have to gauge it. I'm a very cautious person. So when they said to me six weeks, I, despite my sort of early on being a little bit too energetic, once I thought, okay, I better sit out, I did wait until the six week mark and I had my follow up at seven weeks. And so it was at seven weeks that I started to exercise again, which is another question that people ask is like, how long until you could exercise again beyond just walking? Um, I, it was seven weeks and then I was pretty much back to doing what I was doing before. So, I mean, I stopped running because that just felt bonkers. I just did not like the feeling of running. I don't know why. It just felt really weird. So I just went straight into uh, the circuits that I probably, if you've seen me on Instagram, you would have seen like Alice Living circuits, Anna Van Dyke circuits, Gillian Michael circuits. And they've just been absolutely fantastic. And I've never felt limited in range or ability since the surgery. So um, I would say as soon as you get signed off, just go back just take just take it gently take it easy but yeah just go for it um 
Someone else asked a really interesting question, actually. They said, after wanting the surgery for nearly 20 years, were you very overwhelmed once you had it done? No. The weirdest thing is that it was, it was as though I was always supposed to do it. It was that thing of, oh, this just feels very right. Um, so I think if you are listening to this or if you're asking that question because you're wondering how you'll feel because you've wanted it for a long time, I think you and you're worried about regrets or what have I done, which I think is a normal thing to feel when you've done something quite drastic like that. But um, no one I've spoken to has ever thought about what what it was like before they've always just thought oh god this was completely the right thing to do and in fact I'm still waiting I was saying to a friend the other day there's a part of me that kind of almost wants to have a dream where I have my old boobs back (laughs) because I can't remember what it was like now and uh, you know one of those sort of I, I genuinely can't remember what it was like and I don't have any pictures because I didn't like them at all so I can't even put a picture to what they were like to try and sort of join the dots but um there we go and then another question is tips for finding a surgery, a, a surgery, a surgeon. I absolutely advise going onto the um, BAPRAS website and the BAPS website. I'll put those in the, I know, BAPS, funny, eh? I'll put those in the show notes. So they're all the institutions and associations with all the registered surgeons. And so that's how you know you're getting somebody legit. So I know that it can be very tempting to um, go to somebody very glamorous in London, which is great. But if you are looking for somebody local and your recovery will be aided by being closer to home, then those are resources I would highly, highly recommend. So those are just questions that came up time and time again. And like I said, I wanted to put them all in one place. So I hope you, uh, hope you don't mind. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, if you thought I don't care about binge eating disorder and I don't care about boobs and you want me to answer a question in a future bullet points episode, then all you have to do is email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. Um, uh, Oh, of course. And if you want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast, then please do go click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode and click the link to join the Facebook forum. And we're all in there chatting away and I would love to see you thanks so much I will see you on the next one Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.